standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. Coming to you on Wednesday, March the 8th, episode 371. Who would have thought? Today is a Wednesday. Uh, we're going to go with no love today. No love. <sighs> so if you were able to tune in yesterday, we're celebrating, right? We, we've got the uh, Texas Independence Referendum Bill and... None other than one of my local state reps decided that he and he alone should determine who gets to partake in the legislative process because, well, I think he thinks he's somebody special. Uh, I'm not convinced. But this brings up a very, very key point. We're talking about no love. Right. So conceptually, the whole episode is going to talk about the idea of no love. And what I mean by that is there used to be bumper stickers that said coexist, you know, with all the religions on it or some variation of that. Uh, Then the the, uh, response one was with all the different kind of guns on it. That was kind of funny, too. But the idea was we should just be able to coexist. We should be able to get along. It didn't need to be this negative situation, right? We don't all have to agree to work together. And for a long time, we've understood that roughly a third of our country really doesn't want to be part of our country. They have no desire to partake in a representative republic. They don't like the United States. They don't like America, freedom, whatever your bumper sticker is, they're not fans of it. Indeed, I'm not sure if it's that they're miseducated, misinformed, or misandry, right? (laughs) Whatever that proper term is, I got lost in a moment. I think they actually want to embrace socialism, nihilism. Um, The idea that there is no right, there is no wrong. They're just postmodern... Wind socks. And, and those are not the kind of people that we want running anything. Those are the, not the leaders that we need, deserve, or desire. Yet, unfortunately, those people are everywhere. And they might very well make up a third of the entirety of the United States. Now, fortunately, their percentage in the state of Texas, right, the Republic of Texas, may only be 20%. But that 20% can do a whole lot of damage. That 20% can hold up a whole lot of good things or positive action by being sticks in the mud. So I ask you, do you really think it's a good idea or it's plausible to coexist with people that want to see you gone? They want you destroyed. And, you know, I've really fought this idea for most of my adult life. I I didn't want to believe that those folks that disagree with me politically actually saw me as the enemy and they want me to go away. And and I've joked for years now that I'm the epitome of all that is evil and what's wrong in the world, right? The white Christian male, cisgendered, uh, straight, whatever. I'm all that is wrong in the world. And the world's Failings are on me and me alone as the representative of white, male, Christian, heterosexual, cisgendered hegemony, 
right? And sadly, there are people that sign on for this stuff. I, and again, going back, I always thought that it was pushing blame off on somebody else. It was, um, I don't want to be associated. So I, I, I'm just going to blame my feelings on something else or somebody else. Right. So it was more of an archetype or uh, more of a, 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 uh, metaphor, if you will. They didn't really believe this. It was just something that they had to grasp at. Right. But I wonder, I mean, we have watched the window, right? Drift. The Overton window is so far a kilter right now that we don't know which end is up. And I've referenced the idea that we live in a clown world. What's up is down and what's down is up, right? What's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. How do you coexist with people like that? How how do you pretend that they're even rational human beings and that they want to be on the same level playing field. I don't think that they do. You can't coexist. You cannot coexist with people like that. Now, I don't think that all people are like that all the time. And I'm not certain that they can't be rehabilitated. And I don't mean rehabilitation in the sense of the Soviet gulags or the Chinese re-education camps or even our own schools that we provided for native americans oh y'all forgot about that or thought i wouldn't mention that well yeah they still had those up in canada up until a few decades ago it's history you can't avoid it you can't pretend it didn't happen but you don't have to dwell on it you don't have to make that dictate all that occurred i've stated before i'll state it again slavery has existed since the dawn of time It's only in this country that we went to war and that put an end to it. Notwithstanding the idea that we didn't need to go to war, it could have been dealt with peacefully, notwithstanding the idea that there were other things at play there and that was just a convenient excuse. Now, maybe it was a priority for a lot of people, but it was an excuse to kill over half a million people. And well over a million people died as a result of that war, but apparently that's still not enough. We haven't put enough penance in. Again, how do you coexist with people that act as if you're the problem, that act as if nothing can ever be solved until you are subjugated completely? The idea that you can have tyranny and liberty coexist in the same time and space is ludicrous on its face. Yet there are those that would like us to believe that's a possibility that we can have equal parts present in every state and every locale. It's just a giant mistake. Now in past episodes, and for those of you that pay attention to the world around you, you know, there's something called the free state project, right? A bunch of liberty lovers, libertarians mostly, they decided that they would get together, they would build up a support network and move to New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire had about a million two people, and it's a relatively small state, but it's very interactive, very highly politically orientated, right? People are involved there. Their goal was to get 20,000 people to, to move there, to work with the existing demographics, the, the existing political system to increase and protect liberty. 
Now, some of the old guard there, they rejected that. Some, some of the establishment people bristled that somebody would dare come in and want more liberty. Now, this is the live free or die state, but apparently they had rejected their own motto at some point in the past, and they didn't want to live up to that anymore. And my fear is that as Massachusetts and Vermont and New York are watching what's playing on here, that the very people that have benefited from the destruction of those states, they'll flee starting from Connecticut, New Jersey, and they'll go in to New Hampshire as it becomes a beacon of liberty in the Northeast. New England is very much the tyrannical... The tyrannical birthplace for these United States, right? The Puritan purists of uh, Yankeedom, right? You're not allowed to think for yourself. You're not allowed to go on your own. You have to subscribe to what we as the community leaders dictate and want. You must do as we say. Oh, yeah, it's not do as we do. It's do as we say. And... This idea has permeated our society, and Brian McClanahan has done a great series of talks on this. And if you don't know who that is, I strongly suggest you stop listening to me and go check out Brian McClanahan's podcast, right? Think local, act local. And it's very helpful to understanding what's going on around us. It's it's very useful in translating what you see in D.C. and to a lesser extent what's going on in Austin. So... The idea is that there are Yankees that aren't from the North. There are Yankees, which some people call Karens, but they're Yankees. They act like Yankees. They behave like Yankees. They push Yankee ideas. They don't want people to have individual liberty. They find that anathema. That tyrannical behavior comes through in all the things that they do and they say. You just have to be paying attention. And I and I submit to you, that we can't coexist with them. So New Hampshire is on the way to making it inhospitable to progressives, right? If you, if you want your progressive-topia, you can move across the state line of Vermont. Now, Vermont's basically the same state as New Hampshire, only more progressive, the home of Bernie Sanders, right? And if that's not good enough, perhaps you can go on over to Minnesota. I mean, that is darn near a socialist utopia there. And if still that is not enough for you, you can check out Portland, Oregon, or maybe Seattle, Washington, or the all former great state of California that is now a wasteland. The progressives have all of their states and they push back and they, they are concerned that there might be a free state amongst them. And when we look at that, they're not willing to coexist with us, right? We we've been laboring under the idea that they were okay with coexistence, that if we could just be nice, be winsome, non-offensive, that they would let us be, that we would be able to do our own things and that we'd be able to be free, that we would be able to coexist, right? Says the bumper sticker. But the reality is that's not what's playing out. That's not what happens on a day-by-day basis. No, they're not happy that anybody should do something that they don't like. 
You need not look any further than the shenanigans that have been going on here in McKinney, Texas. So what's the answer? Well, I am a proponent of Texas. I believe Texas can and should become its own independent country again, if for no other reason that we can, I don't know, jettison some of the flowsome that is around, that we could streamline a lot of processes, that we could actually secure our own border, that we could incentivize the people that are here to be successful, and that we could, quite frankly, make the progressives uncomfortable and let them go to New Mexico or California. I mean, I I love Colorado. I visited a few times. It's a beautiful state, but the progressives have virtually destroyed that state already. So I would suggest to you that if you like Austin, Denver's even better. You should go there. If you you like Austin, perhaps you should check out the San Fernando Valley. Maybe Taos. Don't get me wrong. Taos is a beautiful town, but yeah, you know, they don't want people like us there. They've made that clear. Their activities, their behaviors, they do it. And, And You know, you've got the state of Arizona, which has basically put itself in hock to the drug cartel. They throw their own elections so they can keep the cartels happy and keep the money rolling. And we're just supposed to say, well, you know, there's nothing to see here. All is well. There's no stolen elections. Nothing to see here, ladies and gentlemen. And while we're talking about um, Arizona, in case you haven't heard, yeah, Carrie Lake's coming to town here. The McKinney Values Pack has brought them in. And if that's something that interests you, and you like to go check it out, go to their website or go to their Facebook page. Check it out. I mean, I might be interesting. And for fun, uh, Matt Rinaldi, that would be the chairman of the Texas Republican Party, and former Senator Don Huffines are also going to be present. It should be an interesting program. Maybe well worth your time. I believe the tickets are 60 bucks. But that ad being aside... <laughs> The idea that we can continue to live under this dilemma of coexistence when it's directly attributable to our demise that they are not willing to allow us to coexist. They are pushing and pulling and curtailing every little bit of liberty and freedom that is left in every other state. And certainly they're trying it at the national level and it, is but for a few handful of states pushing back, making waves, creating trouble for those powers that be in D.C. that have zero interest in any of autonomy, zero interest and recognizing the sovereignty of these states, whether it's New Hampshire and the Free State Project, whether it's Tennessee and they're just generally pushing back on this uh, oppression from the federal level or Oklahoma or Florida or even here in Texas. Now, what does that mean? It means no quarter. Not no quarter in the sense that, you know, hoist the black flag, put the knife in your teeth, and let's go to battle and leave nobody behind. No, it just means that we no longer pretend that those people that are opposed to us are our friends. That we no longer pretend that this is going to be a peaceful coexistence, because it's not. The moment you turn your back on them, they're gunning for you. They're, they're shoving knives in your back, at least metaphorically. They're not willing to go along. 
And we need to realize that some of these people are just irredeemable. Some of these folks hate us, legitimately hate us, literally hate us. They have zero desire to ever get along with us. They want nothing more than the utter destruction of that which was Texas or these United States. But we need to quit pretending. We need to push back. That's what I mean by no quarter. We cannot pretend that we live and function in the same space, the same idea. Now, I have talked about the idea of parallel institutions. I have talked about the idea that we need to build our own resilience. But I think in Texas here, we're actually a majority and we need to act like it. We need to push back on it. We need to hold these people accountable that say they're on our team. Dealing with the moderates, the milquetoast, the the spineless that are particularly very present in leadership, that's a different story. We have to be kind because at the moment they have the power. We have to be friendly and work with them because at the moment we need them more than they need us or so they believe. But that doesn't mean that we can't be working to replace them, to bring in their successor, to, to assist them to become better than what they are by pushing, by pulling. Now, these people say they're on our team. We need to make them live up to it. We need to make them stand in the gap. We need to make them do the job. They can't continue to be windsocks. They can't continue to be winsome to our loss. You can never make peace with leftists and progressives. Whatever you give them, they only come back for more. And they're louder and more boisterous when they continue to demand more and more and more. And we got to stop it. We got to cut it off. There can be no quarter. Now, when I say there was no love, when I, when I talk about no coexistence, when I talk about no quarter, the idea is that we have to realize we, this is the realism that we live in right now. You want to love one another. Sometimes the best thing you can do to show that love is to speak truth and not be afraid, not, not be fearful of their reaction and not coddle them. You need to speak the truth. You need to let them know that, yeah, I understand you really like that idea. And perhaps if you keep taking money from somebody else and giving it to somebody else, maybe they'll get in a better position in life. But did you ever consider that you're actually punishing all those other people? Did did you look through the history pages and ever see where that's been successful? And I know the usual retort is, well, that wasn't real socialism. That wasn't real communism. Okay. So what about the fact that we didn't didn't do real capitalism here? What about the fact that we don't have real liberty here? Perhaps if we were to try that. Oh, I don't. They're doing it in New Hampshire right now. They're trying it to a lesser extent in Tennessee and Oklahoma. Maybe you can throw Florida in there. But then again, there's Texas, the Windsock leadership. But we can hope, we can pray, and we can continue to push that maybe, just maybe, they'll see light at the end of the tunnel. See that there is an opportunity to step up and be a hero to do the right thing, to protect and concern themselves with Texas first. There's absolutely nothing wrong for putting the state, the country, you know, scare quotes, that you live in first. That should be your priority if you're the leader of your people. But yet, they don't want to do that. The realism or the realistic view on this is that if we import a bunch of people from another country, 
their heart is going to still be with and from the country they've come from. Even though they've come here for a better situation, they don't easily separate from once they've come. We have seen that play out, whether it was with the Irish, to a lesser extent the German, certainly some Polish, right? Hungarians, Russians, Greeks. There's nothing unique there. So why would we be surprised or even put out if somebody from Latin America actually loves their country they came from? They, they miss the country they came from. The country they came from, they have a lot of pride for it, but they're here for a better situation. I mean, as long as we're honest about it, as long as we're realistic about it, they have no vested interest in Texas being successful. They have no vested interest in the United States continuing to be successful. They have a vested interest in looking out for their family. And if perhaps they were taught or they were brought along to understand that what's best for Texas is what's best for them, maybe, just maybe, they would join us. They would be helpful. They'd be good allies. I mean, it's no mistake in history that the Tejanos and the Texians worked together to fight off Santa Ana. They were two different cultures that had merged enough that they knew that what they wanted was not what they were getting and they could get something better. There was an advantage to working together. There was an advantage to pushing back and creating their own country. But when that happens, particularly at the result of a war, it's expensive. And those debts pile up and they cost you in the long run. And unfortunately, the leadership of the state of Texas felt it was necessary to bail themselves out by wedding themselves to a pre-existing republic. They came in as an equal state. They thought that was the way forward. Unfortunately, the leadership, especially of the last hundred years, has largely felt like they had a blank check. They could do whatever they want. There were no consequences. There were no costs to them as a generation or as leadership because nobody would hold them accountable. They were able to hide behind democracy. They were able to hide behind slogans. There was no cost to them. But I'm going to suggest to you that if you look at things realistically, if if you take the realism in that you see all around us. You can see with your own eyes and use your own brain to figure out what you're seeing. And in your heart, you know what's true. And that is that the vast majority of our leadership doesn't give one rip about us and that they'll only continue to tolerate us and go along with it. So long as it keeps them in power and it keeps them as the authority Now I ask you, is that what you signed up for? Is that what's best for you and your family? Is that the best outcome? I'm not sure that it is. So at a certain point, we have to decide, what are you going to do? I have no love for poor leadership. I have no love for lack of leadership. I have no love for people that have no spine, that they're just the windsock that twists into the latest thing that comes along. They have no vision. They have no desire. They don't want what's best for anything but themselves. They are not the kind of people that we need to be following. We need to pick up our sticks. We need to go another direction. 
We need to reject those that don't want to work for the greater good of Texas. They don't want to protect liberty. They don't want to put in the effort to continue to build on the legacy that we have here. Now, perhaps, perhaps we we can celebrate the fact that we have a couple of really good legislators. Chief among them locally here would be Brian Slayton. I mean, we got a guy that put out a pro-family bill at the same day that he put forth the Texas referendum bill, or at least the same week. We got a guy that's looking forward to doing what's best for Texas. But on the same token, we have guys here that refuse to accept that we can do better. They refuse to accept that there is another option. They refuse to accept that there's a way forward that doesn't continue to accept the tyrannical overreach from our federal overlords. They refuse to accept that what's been done twice before successfully can be done again. They refuse to accept that just because something is doesn't mean it has to always be. They refuse to accept that there requires some vision, requires some effort, perhaps a little bit of risk to go in and do something that hasn't been done recently or hasn't been done before. Now I ask you, are you confident that those that we have in leadership right now are capable of doing that? Oh, there's a handful. I, you know, and I have great hopes that, you know, maybe just maybe we'll get a hearing on some of these things. But at the end of the session, we're going to all be looking at ourselves, those of us that vote are, and say, what scraps did they give us this time around? What bare minimum effort that they put in working for we the people. Indeed, it's the stark realism that our Republican elected officials don't care what the very party they say they work with and for wants. They're not beholden to the people that elect them. They're not beholden to the party that supports them. They're not beholden to anything but their own grandiose schemes of how they're going to enrich themselves and boost their own power. And if you think that's harsh, may I suggest you just pay attention to what they've been doing. And I know there's a handful of exceptions. There really are. There are some really good people that we've got elected and We should celebrate them. And I'm also going to suggest to you that not all of them have ours after their names. You have to be open to the idea that you can vehemently disagree with somebody politically, but that they're an honorable person and look out for the people that elected them. Now, the vast majority of them might be the very, very same people that we can't coexist with. And those might be the very same people that we would encourage to go lead New Mexico or California, or Oregon, or Washington, or New York, or New Jersey, Vermont, Connecticut, Massachusetts, right? There's plenty of places for those progressives to go and continue to do things like they've been doing. But again, in true Yankeedom, they feel that they know what's best for you, for me, and they're going to make us do it whether we want to or not, because that is what government does. Government steps in and uses its boot 
to put it upon your head or your neck to make you comply to whatever it is they want now. So I want to be very careful here. What we do next matters, but how we do what we do next matters most. We can't resort to violence. We can't resort to vigilantism. We can't resort to unsanctioned actions. We can't resort to behaving like those on the left do because there's two sets of rules and the arbitrary enforcement really only punishes us when any of us cross the line. So my brothers and sisters out there, I strongly suggest you hold them accountable. You show up, you tell them what you want, and then you remind them again, and then you withdraw your support. You renege your consent. You do not continue to go along with what has been. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if we don't do that, if we don't take a stand now, it may be soon too late. And I don't know what that is for you. That's what you need to figure out. I've been telling you for a couple of years now, you need to find your issue. You need to find your topic. You need to find the thing that matters to you most. You need to learn about it and become, for lack of a better word, a subject matter expert. And you need to act on that. Only then can we make a difference. And it starts now. And it starts out your back door. Remember, they have no love for us. So we got to quit pretending that we're going to go along to get along. We have to quit pretending that there's an ability to coexist. We have to quit pretending that they're going to ever show us any quarter. We have to quit pretending that that which is real in front of us isn't real. And we have to quit pretending that we can continue to do what we've always done. We have to pull up those 10 stakes. We have to pick up those sticks and we have to move on to the next thing. And with that, (laughs) I'll be back on Thursday and I'll see you on the other side. Oh, and just in case you're wondering, yes, I still would love for you to Like, share, subscribe to the show. And if you felt particularly motivated, you can comment or rate the show. Every little bit helps. We're really close to that 100K in downloads. And I'd love to make it before the end of this week. And that is my stretch goal. So help me out here. Thank you and have a good night.